Welcome to the official podcast of the Hoffeld Group. Your host is the CEO and Chief Sales Trainer of the Hoffeld Group, David Hoffeld. Welcome to the Science of Selling, the place where you get actionable sales insights that are backed by hard science. I'm your host, David Huffeld, and today I have breaking news, breaking news here. I hope you're sitting down. The Challenger Sale, one of the most popular selling methodologies in the last 30 years. Stop doing it. <gasps> what? What did I say? Stop doing it. Wait a minute, you say, David, you shouldn't tell people not to do another methodology. I'm not. The one who's telling you not to do it is the author of The Challenger Sale. In fact, I am looking right now at the latest edition of the Harvard Business Review from February 2022. And in there, it says you should not be challenging people anymore. Instead, you should be doing what is known as sense-making. So let's talk about this. Let's unpack this. And then I want to give you my perspective on it in a productive way to think about all of this. So let's talk about it. First of all, what is the challenger sale? Just to make sure we're all on the same page, the challenger sale really came out into the public awareness in 2011 with the book called The Challenger Sale. And in there, it talks about different types of salespeople. One of them, is not surprisingly a challenger. Now, what is a challenger? Let me read it to you, and I quote, a challenger always has a different view of the world, understands the customer's business, loves to debate, and pushes the customer. In other words, they're challenging them with new insights, giving them new information, new ways to look at their situation or challenges. And so the challenger is someone that engages the potential customer with new, fresh insights. However, now the author of the Challenger Sales says, instead, what you want to do is sense-making. So what is sense-making? Well, sense-making is the idea that right now people are swimming in a sea of information. There is so much out there that buyers don't know how to sift through it all. And so they're paralyzed into doing, well, nothing often. So what you want to do is kind of guide them through their buying process by helping them understand what matters most and helping them sort through the information. So you're not telling them new information, you're helping them sort through things and kind of guiding them through their buying journey. Now, the difference in results, according to Brett Adamson, the author of The Challenger Sale, who in the latest edition of the Harvard Business Review says, challenging or what he calls in the article telling people new information versus being a sense maker the results are huge here's what he says and i quote from page 126 of the latest harvard business review our survey of b2b customers revealed a close connection between sense making and positive outcomes some 80 percent of customers interacting with sense making reps completed high quality low regret purchases only 50% of customers interacting with telling reps did so. In other words, you're having an 80% success rate when you are embracing a sense-making selling philosophy. When you're challenging people or what they call now telling, then you only have a 50%. So a 
30% decrease in compliance. So let's talk about this for a minute. In 2011, this comes out, and I did see this idea of sense making come out uh, by Brett Adamson at the end of 2019 in November. They put out some of their research on this, and then the pandemic hit, of course, and it got pushed to the side. You want to help guide people through the buying process through sense making. Wait a minute. Sense making. Does that sound kind of familiar to anyone? Like selling the way people make a buying decision, kind of guiding through that decision making process? Hey, welcome to the party, everyone. We've been we've been going for a while. Why do I bring all this up to you? This is problematic. In other words, if you are one of the many who have invested in the challenger sale, now they're telling you to stop doing it or it'll lower your performance. Now you should do something else. So within a very short period of time, and this research first came out, as I mentioned, at the end of 2019. So from 2011 to 2019, apparently a lot of things changed. And so now you shouldn't be doing this. Now I should say that the challenger sale and the authors of it are some of the most thoughtful people in the profession of sales and sales training. Their methodology, I would say, as far as thoughtfulness and data behind it, is at the top. I want to bring to your awareness that I'm not picking on the worst. To the contrary, I'm picking on the absolute best. They have reasons for what they believe. They're very much tied to clearly market conditions. Contrast that with almost the majority of sales training, which is based on nothing. So I am highlighting the absolute best because I hear all the time sales trainers say something like this. This is what I believe today, but it might be wrong tomorrow. And I think they feel that makes them honest, I guess. To me, it makes you look incompetent. In other words, why would I ever want to invest in a methodology that is so tied to current market conditions that it could be obsolete in a very short period? In other words, by the time I've implemented it, and I know people right now who are extremely loyal to the challenger sale, who have spent years mastering it, and now they're supposed to just throw all that away? Really? So let me contrast this with a science-backed approach, because a science-backed approach is true today, it was true 100 years ago, and it will be true in 100 years. So the principles we teach that are backed by science don't fade away in a short period of time. Let me give you one example of this. There's a principle we talk about a lot in our training called social proof. We've actually done a podcast on it. Social proof connects the persuasiveness of an idea with how other people are responding to it. And it has been shown in many studies to predispose people to be more open to change. It boosts compliance rates significantly. There is research on social proof from 1908. 1908. Some of the most famous studies that use social proof and analyzed it were done in the 1950s. I cite a number of them in my book, The Science of Selling, some well-known researchers like Solomon Ash and others conducted these studies. And even today, this year, there are studies on social proof confirming over and over and over again, it worked in 1908 and it works in 2022 
and it will work in 2099. Why? Because science is based on how our brains work. And that doesn't change after a couple years, like most selling methodologies do. They become outdated, horribly outdated. Let me make this clear. Just recently, Wharton Business School said this about social proof. It is, in their words, the most important way businesses can establish trust with those they sell to. So social proof is the most important thing a business can do to establish trust. That's the difference in a science-packed approach. And I'm not trying to criticize anyone, but I think this is a big point. With the science-backed approach, when you learn it, you get to keep it through your whole career. It's yours. It won't change. Social proof works. The six whys work. Our levels of questions work. The things we teach that are based on science, which is everything, or we don't teach it, it works because it's backed by how our brains work. When you choose these anecdotal, based on surveys that are tied to market conditions, they work today, perhaps, some of them don't, and then they're gone tomorrow. I would strongly encourage you to look seriously at a science-backed approach because it is the only thing that will last. And in the profession of sales, when you look at things that are anecdotal or things that are just tied to today's market conditions, when that changes tomorrow, and it will, what do you do then? Why would you want to invest a lot of time and money on things that won't last. And to the credit of those who created the challenger sale, I respect the fact that they're so forthright in this. What I would just call all of us, why don't we just embrace science and not have to deal with things that so radically shift? This to me matters a lot because I care about you. I believe that selling is a beautiful thing when it's done well, and it's what spurs on economies, it transforms the lives of sellers as well as those potential customers. I think it matters. In fact, I think it matters so much that it's so important that it should only be based on proven science. So give this awesome thought. This was a little different podcast than we, we normally do. This is an important thing to think through because it matters. In fact, it matters a lot. I'll see you next time.